This is Marginalia, a production of KMUW Wichita. Marginalia. Notes in the margin of a book. Notes, commentary, and similar material Marginalia written in the margin of a book. Comments and notes that which are, are incidental, incidental or additional to the main topic. The main topic in the margin of a book. Emma Straub's latest novel, This Time Tomorrow, is a book about time travel. But it's not only about time travel. It's a reflection about her relationship with her father. And while undoubtedly fiction, it sometimes straddles the boundaries of autofiction, as Straub weaves in some deeply personal aspects of herself and her real-life father. I recently spoke with Emma Straub about this father-daughter relationship, the nature of time travel, and her Brooklyn-based bookstore, Books Are Magic. I'm Beth Golay, this is Marginalia, and here's our conversation. Would you mind giving a description for our listeners? Sure. So This Time Tomorrow is a novel about a woman named Alice Stern, who is on the cusp of her 40th birthday. She lives in her native New York. She has, you know, her same friends she's always had. She's got a sort of placeholder boyfriend. She's got a job she likes, but didn't, isn't sort of what she imagined for herself. And her beloved science fiction writer father is dying. And she goes out with her best friend for her 40th birthday, drinks too much, passes out. And when she wakes up, it is the morning of her 16th birthday in 1996. And she is in her childhood bedroom. And yeah, things just go from there. So I'm actually jumping to a passage toward the end of the book that I want to read. Alice wasn't a writer, but she spent enough time sitting at dinner tables with novelists to understand that fiction was a myth. Fictional stories, that is. Maybe there were bad ones out there, but the good ones, the good ones, those were always true. Not the facts, not the rights and the lefts, not the plots, which could take place in outer space or in hell or anywhere in between, but the feelings. The feelings were the truth. So this time tomorrow is one of the good ones. And if the feelings <laughs> are the truth, is I'm wondering how much of this is truth. And I'm asking because I know there are aspects of yourself sprinkled in. I mean, I yeah. understand you have a whale tattoo and that your father. Oh, look at that. <laughs> and that your father helped you come up with the initial idea when you were visiting him in the hospital. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, this is my autobiographical time travel novel. It is, it is, um, it is by far the most personal book I've ever written and the most personal book I ever intend to write, frankly. I mean, it's Alice and Leonard, her father are are both fictional characters and I purposefully stripped away many parts of my life and my father's life from Alice and Leonard. So, you know, I am, I'm married. I have two children. I, you know, I have too many jobs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, and I, I have a brother, you know, my parents have been married for 55 years. You know, there's a lot of true life that I did not include in this book because I didn't want it to just be just about me. I wanted to really give the characters a little space, but it is also true that, you know, what this book is about is my relationship with my dad and, you know, stripping away all of those other things and having it sort of filtered through these two characters who are not us really 
let me laser focus on our relationship in a way that I couldn't have otherwise. So I I do want to talk about Leonard, the father in the book. He is, you know, he's just so endearing as a character. And I desperately want him to be real. And (laughs) if, you know, um, talk to me about Leonard, the character. Yeah. The aspects of him as a character, not structured on your dad. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I mean, most of them, really, like, (laughs) you know, I mean, Leonard is like a schlubby, slight, you know, chain smoking, Coca-Cola drinking mess, really, in many ways. Like he loves rock and roll. He loves blue jeans and he loves his daughter. And, you know, and my dad uh, loves me. But other than that, like none of those other words or descriptions apply. Um, With Leonard in particular, I wanted to make him his own character. I mean, my, my dad is too, he's too good. He's too good. You know, you know what they say about, um, you know, the truth, truth is stranger than fiction. Like my dad is, it's, (laughs) this book would have had to be 700 pages (laughs) if I had really tried to pin my dad down on the page. But yeah, you know, I, I just wanted sort of like the perfect sort of most distilled version of this guy. And he was so much fun. He was so much fun to write. Well, I do want to get into the nature of father daughter relationships, because it seems like what Alice and Leonard have might, you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't seem incredibly common. Do you have other father-daughter relationships that you look to in your life when crafting relationships on the page? Um, no, no, I mean, not, no, I can't say that I do. I mean, I, you know, I was really, I was really just thinking about us. Um, and, and I guess I was thinking that it was a kind of relationship that I hadn't seen before. And I know that I'm not alone, you know, in having a smart, funny, supportive, encouraging dad. And so it was just my own little time travel, you know, to think about, to think about Leonard and Alice in the nineties. And then in terms of Alice, you know, being confronted with Leonard as he is in the sort of present day of the book, you know, that is what I was dealing with with my dad when I was writing it. It's a new phase of life that adult children enter at some point, you know, whether it's when they are 40 or 25 or 70, you know, it happens at different ages, obviously, for all of us, but it is a brand new thing when all of a sudden you are the healthy one and the strong one and you are seeing your parent in this extremely vulnerable, very fragile position. And so I, yeah, I was thinking about that a lot too, just the difference in that sort of profound comfort of being in your childhood space with your childhood parents and the feeling and the very unsettling feeling of it's a new phase of life and I wanted to write about that too now and just to be clear your your dad he's still with us yes 
he is. Okay. He's with us. He's 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 about five blocks north of where I am. Um, and, and I want to make he, this about you, but should we tell listeners who your father is? Oh, sure. Oh my gosh. That, I mean, <laughs> if we the, like big beats nightmare really is that we, we talk about him and we don't tell anyone who he is. Um, my, so my father is named Peter Straub and he is the author of a bajillion best-selling novels, ghost story, Coco, Shadowlands, The Talisman, Stephen King, just a zillion books that all sold, you know, more copies than I will ever sell in my lifetime. Just, just publishing is different now than it was in the 1980s. And um, yeah, when, when he and I talk about things like that, I'm like, you sold how many books? What? <laughs> like, it's just not possible anymore. It's really, you know, it's really not possible anymore, but yes. That's my dad. So there's another quote I want to throw back at you. I'm, ke- I'm throwing your words back at you, sorry, yeah. because it, it yeah. does seem like this book is about grief and coming to terms with death. And here's wh- here's what you wrote in the book. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was the trick to life, to notice all the tiny moments in the day when everything else fell away. And for a split second, or maybe even a few seconds, you had no worries, only pleasure, only appreciation of what was right in front of you. And I have to wonder, you know, you said you're entering in this phase of your life when you are the strong one and you are having to think about caring, maybe not as intensely as it could be, but you have to think about caring for your parents. And my producer is, gosh, 20 years younger than me. And she told me she was just sobbing and sobbing and sobbing because she was thinking, oh, my gosh, my dad is going to die. I, I, my dad passed 10 years ago, a little more than 10 years ago. So it is, you do have different readers in different stages of their life. Did you have a specific reader in mind when you wrote this? You know, I am like, I, I, I won't, um, I won't fib and say I'm not the kind of writer who does think about her readers. I do often, but I didn't this time. I really didn't. I mean, this time I wrote this book. <laughs> you know, I remember, I remember when I had to call my editor and tell her that I was writing a time travel novel instead of the novel that, you know, she had bought from me that we had mutually agreed upon. And she was like, okay, I believe in you. But I just, I wrote it totally for myself. I wrote it totally for myself. And, you know, my hope was that, you know, the more specific one can be and the more personal and the more vulnerable and honest I think the more universal something becomes, you know, which is why, I mean, this is why books work, you know, this is why books are good and meaningful, why art is meaningful is not because the artist or writer or filmmaker, whoever has done something trying to check as many boxes as possible, but because they're just really trying to tell the truth about one singular thing that's what I tried to do. And hopefully, you know, I mean, that's what happened with all books, right? Is that as readers, 
we bring ourselves to everything and we fill in, you know, we fill in the rest, you know, a book unread isn't complete, you know? And so, yeah, I, I hope that the book can speak to people at different points along that continuum. So I want to talk a little bit about craft. So science fiction slash literary fiction, women's fiction, how do you classify this genre bending book? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Where do you shelf it at, at your store? <laughs> well, at my store, I have my own shelf. So it goes on my shelf. So I would put this on the Emma Straub shelf. Um, I mean, I, you know, I would put it in the literary fiction, general fiction zone, in part because I think that, you know, time travel time travel belongs to all of us you know it's and it's not there are so many different kinds of time travel books you know there are time travel books that are really interested in the science and the technology and like those sorts of things but that's not what I was interested in one of the great fun things about writing this book was getting to read a lot of time travel novels and stories just to see how different people handled it and watch a lot of time travel movies and television shows. It's so fun. It's so much fun because I realized that like I could do anything I wanted. I could do it however I wanted and, and it would still be, it wouldn't suddenly classify me in science fiction because I don't belong there. You know, it's not, I think if, if for a real like science fiction head who reads my book, they're going to, you know, they're, they're going to find it lacking. <laughs> um, but for people who have read my books in the past, I think that, you know, even though on the surface, you know, the descriptions sound quite different, but it's not, it's a different way of examining the things that I have always examined in my novels and which I probably will always, um, which are families, you know, how do families work? How do relationships between humans work? <laughs> you know, that, that's what the book is about. It's not about the time travel. So I would, I would err on the literary fiction side. You know, you did reference several books and movies and shows that dealt with time travel, you know, picking apart the different types of fictional time travel and how it worked in each instance, like you said, you know, like Outlander, Back to the Future, Peggy Sue yeah. Got Married, 13, yeah, yeah. 13 going on 30, 17. Again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I thought this was an interesting way to introduce plausibility by looking at outlandish fiction to try to understand, quote unquote, how this real life time travel was working for for this character. I mean, am I off track with that theory? <laughs> yes. No, no, no. That's, that's exactly right. I mean, because I, you know, I was thinking about it like, okay, so if this happened to me, what would I actually think? I wouldn't like, you know, wake up and say, oh my gosh, this has never happened before <laughs> in the history of the world. I would say, oh no, like which one am I in? You know, what are the rules I know all of these different sets of rules from all of these things that I've consumed over my life. Can I control it? Is there a place that makes it happen? Is there something that I need to do in order to make it happen? Does it happen just automatically? You know, that's what I would think. And so that's, you know, Alice and I are both 1980 babies. And so I, 
I think that's what she would think too, especially because she, she, you know, like me, she grew up surrounded by people who take fiction very, very seriously. So you were dealing with different timelines and different times and, you know, this was throughout the book, jumping back and forth and back and forth. And was that difficult to wrangle? <laughs> um, thank God for copy editors. <laughs> just, just thank God. Thank God for copy editors. It was difficult to wrangle in that, you know, I, there are some people who are, you know, writers who pin up uh, post-it notes and charts and maps, and, and I'm not one of those. And so it was quite helpful to have the copy editor go through and say, okay, so this morning it's actually been six days. So it's a Monday. You say it's a Tuesday, but actually it's a Monday, you know, <laughs> things like that where I was like, thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it was, it was easy for me to keep track of Alice, you know, of where she was, but in terms of like logistics, yes, I was quite happy to have help on that front. There was also a section in the book that I really liked and it, it resonated with me that how different people can mark time, like Elizabeth Taylor might mark time based on which marriage she's in. And I was thinking of, you know, army brats or people who travel for yeah. corporate jobs. Like a friend yeah. of mine in college knew exactly where she lived based on what song came out that year and things like yeah. that. So I really do love the way you work with time. You know, there's a part in the book where Alice describes reading her father's books and that she mm -hmm. could find little messages. Do you do that? Do you leave little messages for, you know, your closest people to find? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, not like, not like, you know, some friend of mine will go to page 82 and like I've made a joke just for them and they're the only ones who will laugh at it. But there are parts of me in all of my books, you know, I think one of the downsides of being a female novelist is that people will always ask you which character you are. I don't think male novelists get that question nearly as often. I mean, it's usually a ridiculous question because the answer is like, yes <laughs> you know it's not which of them it's like which thought in which character on which page you know it's woven all through and it's all over the place um but yes I mean one of the things that I have been thinking about in terms of this book is that it's something that I love about my father's books that I can open any of them and see the secret messages not they're not messages to me, you know, but they are jokes that he's telling that I get just because they're things that he likes that I actually know that he likes, you know, like there is one book, um, which book was it in the night room, maybe or lost boy, lost girl. That's like all about these chocolate chip cookies that they used to make on Midwest express, which is an airline that doesn't even exist anymore. But they would when you were, and we would take this airline to Milwaukee to visit my family often. And those cookies are in a book. And so when I see that, I'm like, there he is. That's my dad. That's my dad. You know, that's not this character. That's my dad saying that. And so I get that pleasure. And then now knowing that my children get the pleasure of doing that with all of my books. And then this book is like, you know, it's a sandwich of that pleasure because it's me doing that with my dad. 
And so uh, hopefully they will they'll appreciate it. <laughs> they'll get the jokes. We mentioned in passing that you have a bookstore. It's in Brooklyn, New York. Books are magic. It's a beautiful store, and I had the opportunity to visit just before the pandemic. Oh, thank you. So are you a lifelong New Yorker? Did you grow up on the Upper West Side? Because this felt like a love letter to your father, but it also felt like a love letter to New York in a way. Yes, it is. It is. I did. I did grow up on the Upper West Side, and and it is. And it's, you know, it's because I was writing it during the pandemic, during the first part of the pandemic. And even though I can see Manhattan, you know, I live in Brooklyn, but I can see Manhattan, but I couldn't go there except in this way. And so I went to the places that I wanted to go the most, whether or not they still exist. Has your father read the book? Oh, yes. He's read it, I think, three times. <laughs> what does he have to say um, about it? Um, he, he loves it. He loves it. You know, I think it's, it, it took him a while to, to sort of process. I'm sure he's still processing <laughs> how he feels, but he loves it. And he accepts it as the present that I have given him. So that's good. Well, the book is This Time Tomorrow. Emma Straub, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. That was Emma Straub, author of the book, This Time Tomorrow, which was published by Riverhead Books. Thanks for joining us for Marginalia. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review. Marginalia was produced at KMUW Wichita. Our engineers are Mark Statzer and Torin Anderson. Our editor is Luann Stevens. Our producer is Haley Krausen. And our marketing assistant is Carly Cooper. This is Marginalia. And for KMUW, I'm Beth Golay.